Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here, Monday edition for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chat, Mike Gundy, head coach at Oklahoma State. I, in in purpose, in theory. He's like the elder statesman of college football now. He's been around so yeah. long. And so long ago was that I'm a man, I'm 40 speech and took he's, place. He's also, he could be a spokesman for how to renegotiate a contract and stay at the same school multiple times, yes. too. Um, in, Expert. In, in theory, headline-wise, I don't, I don't disagree with the premise of this. Mike Gundy claims college football needs lengthy contracts for players. Lengthy meaning four years. And then if you want out of the contract due to the transfer portal or NIL, well, you can have that freedom to request that and then hit the portal with your NIL attached to it, I guess is what he's referencing here. But he says, until we have that, um, that none of this is going to get solved. We're going to have complete chaos. And as far as the contracts are concerned, where you have employees instead of student athletes, quote from Gundy, I've suggested it. I don't know if anybody's listened or cares, but high school kids ought to have an opportunity. So you want a four-year deal? Sign a four-year deal. But you're bound to that four-year contract unless your head coach says he'll sign off and let you go. Well, that was the system we, we had, really. Once you signed the letter of intent, unless the coach let you out of that letter of intent and allowed you to, to walk, you had to sit out a year. In this case, he's saying, hey, if the coach lets you go, you can go. But even in that realm, we had coaches, you can go, but you can't go here. You can go, but you can't go in conference. Now you can, and you can play immediately. So Gundy continues, until they come to contractual agreements in recruiting, that's where we're going to have to do as co- That's what we're going to have to do as coaches. That's the downfall right now. We don't really know how to manage our numbers because we don't know what we're going to be faced with. Now that is true, but saying that, oh, you know, sign a four-year contract, and if you want out, the coach wants you to go. That's fine. I'm, look in the mirror. I mean, the coaches all the time are bouncing without much penalty or the penalty of the team that wants to pay the buyout to the school for said coach. Um, you sign a contract saying you're going to be there for four years with the, with the player that's about to sign. He won't do that. Not under the same circumstance where, oh, uh, well, we'll have a team vote and I can leave if they let me leave. It doesn't go down like that. And once you get something wide open, why on earth would you give it back? That would be my response if I'm the players right now. Well, it's, it's interesting. The theory about the really good players, they can just sign one-year deals and then renegotiate or go somewhere else. But everyone else should lock into a four-year deal four year. so I know what my contract looks like. And I'm thinking, okay, great. How do we decide who those other players are? And here's also the problem with the quote-unquote other players. Yeah, Those other players are the ones being run off of teams every other saying. year. But he's saying you don't know your numbers, and if you have a chance to improve versus keep what you have who has been invested in the program but 
or we've extended an offer, but here's a better player that's going to make our program better. The coach is going to take the other option, regardless of loyalty there. But if you sign this four-year agreement, by the way, you'll show your loyalty. So go ahead and sign, and you can stick around if you're not the five-star athlete. Which, again, like, just it's, it's there does need to be regulation. But, Chad, it's not going to come, at least for me, I'm not looking at Mike Gundy as being the voice of reason when it comes to contracts and using it as leverage to get something else and get more because he's done it time and time again. Yeah, he's got a history of doing this twice with Tennessee, in fact, to stay at Oklahoma State and re-up and show that he's loved elsewhere and sign for the money in the amount of years that he wants at Oklahoma State. So he's not exactly the one to be talking about this. And I'll go back to how do you decide those other players that are in that four-year pool that you're going to sign to four-year contracts and what happens if you leave the school? It doesn't make an allowance for that. It says the coach can let you out if you're under a four-year contract. Well, a coach leaving, just like a player would, should also allow that player to be out of that four-year contract. That's a broken contract but, at that point. But there is, there's another problem with the portal where, where the player enters the portal. The coach that they were playing for replaces said player, and then that player doesn't end up where he believed he would. And so he's back into this purgatory where, I mean, there is some, you, you should have some ability to help out the quote unquote student athlete, which is a joke. I understand that. Where if you enter and you're one of 3,000 and you don't have anywhere to go, there, there should be an area where you can expand a roster and a guy's got to sit out a certain amount of time if he wants to come back after making a mistake. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that time frame is. And I don't know how many on the roster deserve that opportunity based on what goes on behind the scenes. But this is not just a cut and dry thing that you can just say, yeah, let's sign this contract and all is good. No, um, not whenever the big money in coaching and especially in college football, will con you're always going to be replaced by the guy who's much better than you on the roster. That could be a five-star freshman quarterback, or it can be the, you know, the junior that transfers in that didn't get enough playing time at, I don't know, uh, South Carolina, and now he wants to go and be the starting running back for Oklahoma State. I don't think Gundy's going to point to the guy that's been there for three years and say, well, he's been here longer, so back him up. They're not going to choose Oklahoma State if that's the case. Yeah, and that's why I think we're headed eventually to a 50-75 to 75 or 50-60 to 60 team super conference that those rules are going to be different than everyone else in football. It's been headed that way for a while, and you could even argue right now it's really a 50-team super conference where they're playing a different ball game than everyone else. They can go raid the lower levels and offer NIL money to transfers who yes. have performed well at that level and bring them up. It definitely happens all the time in college basketball, too. I think all those things are, are true. This is going to sound awful, but we're talking about this with the Lamar Jackson thing. Mm -hmm. You know, is it collusion, right? Is, is collusion what's going on? Well, College football could actually benefit from the ability to collude. The problem is the power schools will never do it because they're too competitive. Imagine so Texas they will and continue to raid whoever they can get yeah. from another program. But if, here's an example. I recruit Jonathan Hutton. to I'm, I'm Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. I recruit Jonathan Hutton, three-star quarterback, comes in. He becomes a Heisman Trophy contender by year two. Jonathan Hutton decides he's not making enough in NIL with me at Oklahoma State. He's going to enter the transfer portal. And the response from those 45 to 50 other schools is, we have a gentleman's agreement 
to not take these players and give them more money once they're locked into a school. So you have no offers at that point. Well, that would reset everything to get back to more of what college sports fans want. It's never going to happen because someone's always going to take the bait and jump to try to make themselves better. But you get closer to that happening if you elevate those 40 to 50 schools into one super conference that are playing the same. Yes. You regulate like the NFL. Central, you have central scheduling. You have a more clear-cut set of rules on NIL and what you can pay. All those things are more uniform. Maybe you have a ceiling. You you don't have to... You don't have to regulate a floor for it. The program can still pay as little as they want in NIL if they're not going to lean into it. Um, you know, and, and not every university is created equal. We, we certainly know that from a program, football program, athletic program standpoint. But the, until you have the coaches, and I think part of his argument is valid where he says, I've mentioned this in a room and nobody really responds to it. I also took that to mean there are a lot of ideas that are floated out there that don't really go anywhere they're just kind of a it's a a wasted conversation of brainstorming ideas that nothing's picked up on because who's leading it like if gundy's in that room who's leading the charge from the big 12 where you have the you know certainly the the commissioner is there and, and others but then what's what's happening after that after that day or that week of spring meetings or what's going to happen with with media days what goes on after that other than sitting back and waiting and just brainstorming ideas to respond to what happens? Where's the guy that's going to be proactive instead of reactive? And that guy's Greg Sankey. He will be proactive instead of reactive. And then I, I also think what Gundy's... I'm reading between the lines here. What he's saying, he's in a conference that's going to react. He's not one in a conference that's going to set the standard for moving forward with this. And that's the struggle for a lot of programs across the country. It'll be based on five or six programs in the SEC and the Big Ten with those school presidents, with their AD, and with their commissioners, which is why the Big Ten hire for the commission is going to be a massive deal for college sports. They'll be leading the charge in what you're discussing alongside Greg Sankey. We are in a transformative time in college sports. Chad, I commend you. You you told me, um, well, first off, you're, you're crushing it as head coach of the Lady Red Sox. The Thank little, you. The Little Red Sox. Um, still unbeaten, correct? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. 4-0 right now. There is a there, – there's something at stake t- for the fifth win, and I, I love the plan that you laid out and what initially was – Hutton, you're going to love this. It's not really a fair or foul because I know you're going to come down on this, and you're right. But explain the setup and the poll question that's available online. So – we were getting our team pictures done recently and sitting there. Just, you have them hold up number one already? No, didn't oh. do any of that. We're, uh, right now, I will. I, you know me, Hutton. I know. I, I don't boast. I'm very honest with my players, with the girls and the team. You are. And I'm honest on that. We are not the best team in the league right now. Two years ago in the last, the, the, the last Red Sox iteration of the other league, we were clearly the best team. Then you aged out. And, and I told you that was going to be very disappointing right. if we did not both go undefeated and win the title that year. And we lost the one game I didn't coach. And then Correct. we won the title after that when unbeaten. I came back. Uh, unbeaten while I was there. Lost the one game. I wasn't. Um, not not no, important, I, right? It's not about no, it's me. it's very important. I don't want to make this. I'm not Kim Mulkey wearing those outfits in the dugout. It's not all about me. It's not a me sport. I am the coach. Um, we're sitting there getting ready to take pictures. 
And I noticed in the back of the Red Sox jersey, our sponsor is McDonald's. And it's some family-owned McDonald's yeah, in, in, in where I live. And I said, man, you know, they're our sponsor. You think they could hook us up with some chicken nuggets or something? <laughs> you know, we, we got to get something done. So that led into one of the girls joking back and saying, yeah, you know, we should get McDonald's. And I said, well, you should earn the McDonald's. Yes. And they said, well, what do we need to do to earn McDonald's? And I thought, man, I am now on the spot. I'm going to have to offer something up to the, these girls. To and they were McDonald's. all ears. You know, you can, it's hurting cats. <laughs> Every other time of the day. But once I offered up paying for something, everyone perked up. Ears were burning. They were listening. Yeah, Coach, what do we need to do to earn McDonald's? And at the time, I think we were 2-0. and And I didn't even look at the schedule. But I said, you know what? If you win three more games to start the season 5-0, and I will personally buy all of your McDonald's. We will have a McDonald's party, and we will make this happen you know, together. But I'll be paying for it. So we're now 4-0. and we go for 5-0 and tonight. Playing a very good team. Probably a team about our equal in this league this is tonight. For, this is for playoff seeding. Definitely not a given. We're away. We still got eight games before playoffs. So we're oh, not even I, into the playoffs. You're season thinking yet. about them, though. So de- definitely thinking about it. But also <laughs> definitely thinking about how to make this work tonight. So I, I posted this poll question. I promised my 7- and 8-year-old softball team McDonald's team sponsor if they started 5-0. and they are now 4-0 and going for 5-0 tonight. There are 12 girls on the team. If they win, how should I handle this transaction? My initial plan was to go buy 12 $5 McDonald gift cards. I am here to tell you they do not offer $5 gift cards. And in fact, when I went to the one McDonald, they had no clue what a gift card was, apparently. I asked them if they had gift cards. Ice, no ice one there could talk to me about even what a, I was trying to explain what no a gift card serve. was. It was like Jerry Seinfeld explaining the reservation. No clue. Went to a, a Walgreens next door. They have all the, the gift cards on the wall to check out. Yeah. $15 is the minimum McDonald's gift card. So I thought, I'm not doing that. It's like tipping now. So here are my options. They can order whatever they want. They win tonight. We're going to the McDonald's next door to the park. I will run my card like I'm at a bar starting a tab. The McDonald's manager's going to say, sir, is this open Chad's or closed? Chad's going to be Mr. Beast and just buy the, close buy the thing. Do you want to open it or close it? Keep it open. <laughs> and every single girl will go up there and just get whatever they want. I've been informed by parents of this team when I said that I should just get them a Happy Meal. They said, oh, no, no, no. These girls don't eat Happy Meals wow. anymore. And I'm thinking, all right. So I'm doing the math. I'm like, this is going to be like $160 with the way value meals are, are priced now. So they order whatever is one of the options. That, you know, th- there's no big surprise here. But everyone is responding, and the majority of people are voting. They should be able to order whatever. Other options. Gift card limit plus invite. Don't think it's going to happen because they don't offer the gift card that I want. Now, I brought this idea up. Cash. I want to wow. be able to hand them something for winning. This is Hutton, what I call pre-NIL. I'm teaching them the lesson early. If you play well, you'll get something in advance, right? $100 handshakes become a $5 handshake. I hand out $5 bills like I'm on you know, DuckTales. And I'm, I'm just handing out money to these girls, and then they can go spend the $5. How many, how many are on the team? However they want at McDonald's. 12 girls. Okay. So that'd be $60, right? I wanted to keep it around $5. Sure. Plus, I'm inviting them all to, you know, you can use this now. What I mean by invite is I'm going now. Let's all go have McDonald's together to celebrate. Or you can use this $5 or gift card whenever you want if your parents say you can't make it tonight. The other one is, and this to me is the most uncomfortable one, that I'm being told from people that you should just tell the team this. That I just say, I'm taking everyone to McDonald's, but you can only get a Happy Meal or ice cream. (laughs) 
That is option number two right now with the votes. We're already 727 votes in. 19.4% say it's okay to stipulate Happy Meal or ice cream is what I'm buying. 77% say they order whatever they want, and I pay for it. I I think you should order whatever. That should be the stipulation um, as long as they win. That's the key here, right? Oh, they're not getting anything if they lose. And I'm going to tell them. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, you never get it. I, I'll say if you win the next game, which is Wednesday night, mm-hmm. then I'll take you Wednesday night. But Wednesday night's game's late, so maybe not, actually. So I'll have to rethink that. But I also think, isn't it weird if I just go and say, now, parents, uh, I'm only willing to buy a Happy Meal or a small ice cream cone, and the rest is on you. I feel like that's unspoken. I I feel like I've got a group of parents that will honestly just say, we're not going to get the double quarter pounder with cheese and all everything else on the side and a milkshake and all that. Parents will be there to regulate what their daughter orders on my tap. Right? I, so I don't think I, I think have to say that. Okay. Yes. I don't think I need to say I think you're gonna happy okay. meal. Thank you. And the, I was making sure I wasn't crazy. And I also, that they're I, not just going to go and start ordering you know, 15 things a piece. And finally, I, I love the fact that after the win tonight, you will have across the field in the third base dugout. I don't, I'm assuming you're first. I don't know. Uh, third place, uh, third, uh, third place dugout. You've got the, the third base. Uh, third base. We're not me. shooting for third place. Third, yeah. yeah, third base dugout. You have the other team and the coaches like look over there. Coach over there, open tab at McDonald's. Well, you that could be used that. as the. It's like the champagne. You could have had that with the plastic over it. Go get you know, water they, out they the put on right. You put the champagne over the top yeah. like that. That could be used as motivation if I get the McDonald's too quickly. If I've got someone bringing 50 packs of Chicken McNuggets over, they're like, look at that. They're up only four runs right now. They're over there celebrating. They're already oh. getting their dipping sauces out for those chicken nuggets. What are you girls going to do about this? Are you going to stop them from enjoying those delicious nuggets? Or are you going to sit here and you're going to let them eat those chicken nuggets? That is what we can't have either. That would be my, my dream we is to steaks. bring a bunch of food to them. But someone would have to leave the park to go get it and come back. And we'd have to do it knowing we're going to win. So we'd have to have a pretty big lead for someone to go and then bring it for the end of the game. I like the motivating factor. Decisions, decisions, Hutton. Well done. Early in the season for a championship team. Coming up, Scott Stallings is playing the best golf of his life. He's qualified for the Masters. And as he gets set for Augusta National, which tees off on Thursday, he joins us to kick off the week. Scott Stallings with us next on Hot Mike. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of our favorite month time frames combining the end of March and then into April is you get the championship game tonight, of course, right after putting a bow on March Madness. And then we head to Augusta and, and, and the Masters. Lionel Withrow, back with you on Hot Mike. Scott Stallings is headed to Augusta, qualifying for the Masters, the, the major tournament. Uh, this week. Scott, back with us. Great to have you back on, man. Thanks for previewing the week ahead. How are you? 
Good, man. How are you guys? Doing well. And by the way, this is Scott Stallings 1.0. Uh, 2.0 joins you <laughs> later in the week, right? Um, for those that don't know, there was mistaken identity where Scott Stallings in Georgia received Scott Stallings on with us, his invitation to participate in the Masters. Uh, yes, um, uh, I actually met him for the first time yesterday. I uh, got him some tickets to the last couple of days, uh, the practice round uh, today and tomorrow. And uh, yeah, crazy story and <laughs> just kind of how it all played out. But um, nice to finally meet him in person. And, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty funny. I got a lot of questions about it today at the course. And uh, but, you know, nice to kind of be able to put us both together and, you know, celebrate an unbelievable day at Augusta National. I, I, you came on with us uh, a month or so ago, two months ago, and we got into it. But I said then, because you didn't realize why it was such a popular story. And I said, man, you are, you are living the dream of every guy who plays at the local <laughs> country club. And you have the ability with the invitation to not just play, but drive down, down Magnolia Lane and, and the whole thing and the history behind it. Uh, is it from where, you know, where you are in in the in the professional ranks versus where Chad and I would be in the in the foursome of uh, you know the round robin tournament here. What what's it like knowing? Hey, I've qualified. I'm going back to Augusta. It's pretty. I mean, obviously, you understand that making East Lake is a huge goal to start the year. You know, kind of the you know the end all be all with what we're doing with the PGA Tour and the FedEx Cup. But just you realize the significance of it, of being able to plan your schedule. I've never been able to do that. This is my 13th year on the PGA Tour. And understanding how you kind of, you know, work your way around major championships and stuff. And, you know, it's pretty interesting to see and kind of understand why guys have been so successful. Um, These pictures bring back a lot of memories. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit different guy (laughs) on the course these days. This was 2014, right? We're looking at 2014 uh, when you uh, played. Yeah, uh, didn't play my best uh, there, but uh, game sort of rounding form, saw some nice things. My record didn't really show it in Austin, uh, but uh, definitely saw some things working in the right direction uh, the right time of year to start getting in a uh, major championship season. So excited to get out there and play this week. So I, I'm sure I, Chad and I, I think Chad would think the same way. If, I, if we qualified, we'd be like, okay, this is going to be awesome, but I've got to look, the, I've got to act like I've been here before. The guy you saw, uh, you, in 2014, as you're walking through and you're going through the mechanics of preparing for the first round, right? What's it like? And, and what's something that you'll definitely turn your head for and be like, okay, I'm, I'm, fanning, I'm fanning out on this. I'm not just participating in a random tournament. <laughs> I think, it, I mean, it's probably the most well-known golf course on planet Earth. I mean, you can make an argument, whatever, but... Uh, I played on Sunday afternoon with Taylor Moore, who's a first timer. He won Valspar a couple of weeks ago, and it's the first time he'd ever been there. And I told him walking down, I said, man, this is my third Masters. I'm by no means a veteran. But I said, there is a part of you that I said, take an opportunity to enjoy it and understand that what it took you to get the, the opportunity to play and compete here. And I think uh, just a happy balance between that. And my caddy was laughing at me on Sunday. He said, we're only going to play nine holes today. I said, yeah, that's we're, we're going to play nine a day and kind of work our way into the week. He's like, man, he said, I don't know if I just beat it out of you or whatever, but he said the old guy would have tried to convince me to play 36 <laughs> holes. You got uh, you got un, uh, unfettered access to Augusta National on a 70-degree day in April. Like, like well, let's play as much as we can. So 
I've definitely gotten older and hopefully more mature and understanding what it takes to kind of balance your way throughout a week. But I mean, anytime you get an opportunity to play, compete, uh, you know, be on the grounds is a special day and something that's definitely not taken for granted. Well, for us spectators that are at home watching, Hutton mentioned this is a big week for us. You watch the national championship game in college basketball tonight, then you got a couple days, and then you watch the Masters on Thursday. Very different week for you, though, playing in this event. Scott, can you walk us through what this week is like, when you're going to find out your tee time and pairing tomorrow? Is there a specific time? What does the rest of the week look like as you build up to Thursday? I mean, being that the field's smaller, you kind of know a, a window of when your tee times are. So you just sort of try to mimic a little bit. Like I played the back nine today on what would kind of be, you know, my quote unquote early day, you know, kind of mimicking a little bit of that overcast. Um, and, you know, they, they have some magic buttons around here. They can make the course kind of play however they want. And they're going to have to battle some weather uh, for some course conditions to get it probably how they would like it to play. So hopefully, you know, we can you know, see some positive change in the forecast right now. It doesn't look great over the weekend, but everyone's going to have to deal with it. But uh, I think more or less just to try to make sure you're ready to go on Thursday, you know, check all the boxes, understand there's no surprises, but you know, the course is right in front of you and it's about execution, kind of manage your emotions. And, you know, when you get out of position, having some discipline to, to get yourself back in the right position and not take on too much. And, but you know, there's not a whole lot of, I'm not saying there, there's a, obviously experience that plays a lot into guys that have had success here a lot, but it is right in front of you. And, you know, there's some nuance here and there as far as how to play certain shots and certain ways to be. And, and there's a lot of different opinion, a lot, a lot of different things. But for the most part, you know, do your work, make sure you're shored up in all the areas. And, you know, at the end of the day, got a good game plan trust what you're doing and manage your emotions for four days and anything can happen scott have you had a chance to watch any or all of the netflix series uh full swing and have you encountered anyone mic'd up for that or any moments where you're thinking okay i may be on one of these future episodes now we had an interesting moment in delaware we had a guy that got a little overzealous uh with his uh access um in the locker room <laughs> Uh, b- between myself, uh, Xander and Patrick Cantlay and, um, Xander and I were sort of unaware that it was taking place. And, uh, Patrick made sure to make the guy very aware that none of us had signed off to be filmed. And, uh, you know, it's sort of in the locker room and, you know, guys, not nothing like for whatever, just hanging around. We're talking about the course tournament, whatever. And, you know, the guy sort of kind of overshot a little bit and tried to put himself in a situation more or less you shouldn't be. And Patrick stuck his nose in there. It's like, hey, man, you realize you're not where you're supposed to be here. And the guy apologized and was very nice about it. But uh, I haven't had any experience with that whatsoever. But and I, I didn't really watch. I watched the episode with Joel and Lana. Uh, they're friends of ours. And I thought it was awesome. But I haven't watched them. The, the whole the, series. The Joel Damon episode was my favorite. Is your understanding these guys get paid? on top of it to, to have an episode dedicated to them, or is it just something they do in cooperation with PGA tour and Netflix? I have no idea if I was going to give them that amount of my time, I hope there would be some financial. I, w- I would hope but. so too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if it was something through the PGA yeah. or through Netflix on it though, is how they're getting paid. I have no idea. I mean, that's maybe a little bit above my pay grade. I was well, not approached. Ask Joel uh, and get back to us since you're buddies with, with him and his Scott, wife. Scott, I'm, uh, I'm envisioning, like, was it like uh, 
the NFL films behind the bench with like a boom mic in your conversation or like was he even was it worse than that or was it just a lone cameraman with one no. camera just right there in your conversation no he was filming some guys that were in a different part and more or less just kind of I mean you got you got a guy that's leading and then two guys that are chasing him you know it for me, I mean, those guys were both locked in the tour championship, but for me, that was going to be the biggest round of the year for me, the most important. And, you know, the round that propelled me into Atlanta to have the opportunity to be even talking to you guys today about playing in the masters. And, uh, he's just, you know, trying to get a little scoop on whatever, who knows what we were talking about. We've <laughs> nothing life-changing by any means, but, uh, just, sort of assured the guy that, and he was very well aware that he was doing something he wasn't supposed to. So probably discussing bourbon or something. Scott Stallings with us here on hot mic. All right. I'm gonna go rapid fire with you a bit. Is the checklist for what you need out of nine holes on a, on a, a practice round. Is it the same for what you would do on any tournament and the mannerisms that you would go about trying to figure these things out and, Give us one or two things that you specifically needed to find out year in and year out with this course being your third time. What, it, Which hole and why? I think I played the back today and just using like situational awareness on 13 and 15 just with the new tee boxes and the lengthening of the holes and the predominant win that we're going to see for the first couple of days. Like you're going to not see a lot of guys have an opportunity to go for the green, uh, especially – with the new teeing area and more than likely how soft the fairways are going to play with some rain that we're going to get over the next couple of days. Um, so just more kind of understanding like that, if, when, like the pins here and just try to manage it. Cause the, you know, there's a lot of opportunity with 13 to play shots in areas that, you know, probably just the general person being out there would try to understand why we're doing what we're doing. For instance, like a front left pin, you know, trying to shoot it up there towards 14 T where you can, you know, kind of change your angle a little bit where you're kind of hitting into a kind of any opportunity you have to hit it uphill at Augusta national into the greens is, is a positive thing <laughs> instead of the green trying to go away from you and uh, sort of make the hills and undulations work for you, not against you. And that's a perfect example. And uh, we did the same thing on 15, um, you know, trying to find that one spot that I felt comfortable to all the pins and, you know, went around and, um, I was getting heckled today, uh, cause I, I never hit it at the pin on 15. Um, I was hitting it left and right and everything. And guy was like, man, you are hitting terrible wedges. I was like, the pin is completely irrelevant to yeah. practice day. And I think that's <laughs> my caddy finally said, we're not hitting at the pin. That is a very, I was surprised the first time I went to a practice round there and how, how little guys will actually put out on the greens. They'll put everywhere, but at the hole. Yeah. I hit a good shot into 11 today. I hit six iron into 11, about, you know, eight or 10 feet. And I just picked it up and this guy was like, you're not going to put that. I was like, the pins nowhere near there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the pill will never be there again. So I love that you answer the guy at least, though. Most yeah. people just keep walking. Yeah. At least you give him an answer, and now he's a little bit more educated. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, more or less. His guy's like, oh, man, this guy's going to make a birdie. It's like, yeah, that doesn't do me any good today. Yeah. <laughs> Questions I'm sure that you, you uh, think are stupid, but I'm very curious about. Is your wardrobe already mapped out? uh somewhat yeah we okay. uh the noble crew has put some stuff together for me and uh you know we're early in uh, uh 
the phase of our apparel. Do they give the you options? options? So, okay, they do. Yeah, they, they gave they gave me some options. So nothing too outlandish. Our shoes you, that we're wearing out there are pretty cool. But do, uh, do the you often is pretty, veto? Pretty Scott, toned down. If you're given options of what to wear, are you a guy who frequently vetoes the options, or are you pretty agreeable to whatever they put in front of you? Uh, I actually used this term. No, it was the player championship. I was an Under Armour guy for a while, and I just was like, I don't think I. And this is before my body change, and you know, my life kind of got cleaned up a little bit as far as my overall aesthetics of the way I looked in certain outfits. And um, I just never really figured I was a white pants guy. And Marty Hackle, the guy that uh, you know rates everyone's outfit at the Players Championship. I mean, I was about 250 pounds hitting this ball out of this fairway bunker, and there was just a lot of me out out in the world. And I finally sent this picture to the Under Armour girl that was like doing our stuff, and I was like, I just don't. I think this hopefully will get me out of white pants forever. And I have yet to wear another pair of white pants since that day. I've, I've, so that's probably it for me. Yeah, and for those that don't know, you lost what fifty five pounds. I, I think with the weight loss, you should bring the white pants back now, Scott. Yeah. This this is a great opportunity. No, no. at Augusta National, to bring no. those things back. <laughs> um, no, those things. I, I think I burned every pair I had. Coolest Augusta National Golf Club member. Uh, there's a bunch of them. I'm very fortunate to have an opportunity to have a playing partner uh, at Pebble Beach. It's a uh, it's a member, Egon Durbin. And, uh, man, he's just been very kind. Uh, Bill Rhodes, the AutoZone CEO, is a, a member, and both of them were very kind to take me on a couple trips with some friends of mine uh, late in the fall and you know, kind of give some friends and family a, a chance to experience it sort of behind the curtain a little bit. And I just think that it's a truly special place that they are, feel very fortunate to be a representative of and like to share it with people that are you know, like to do the right thing and you know, want to be good stewards of the opportunity to experience any time there. Do you know what the cap is on membership at least, Augusta National? I think it's 300, 300 maybe. I, I have no idea. I'm not going to claim to be an expert on Augusta National or, or any way, shape, and form, but all my experiences have been great. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, can't say more about how excited I am to play this week. Um, okay, help me here. Hypothetical, final final round pairing on on Sunday. Um, first to to make the cut, but then to get within a range for you of the leaderboard of number right at the top. What's that going to feel like? Have you thought about it? I don't think I've ever thought about. I think I've thought about some certain scenarios, uh, certain shots on the back nine, as far as that same thing, hypotheticals, if then statements, kind of working my way into a spot of where, you know, what I'm would feel truly comfortable doing and whatever, and you know, but you know, when the world gets going fast and the lights get bright, you know, everything's a little bit different. But the same thing, like I said before, managing expectations and emotions and going out there and execute. Uh, to the best of your ability, like, you know what you have to do. And, uh, you know, your game feels right. It's all about trying to do that, like the little things that go a long way. We're going to keep up with the the leaderboards and obviously we'll update everyone where Scott is. Um, also, what could be weird, I don't think it will be for you uh, in this situation, but who knows if you get the right pairing, you could represent the PGA against a Live Tour member in the final round. I could, I could completely care less about that. Those guys are in the right to be. <laughs> Of course, those yeah. guys are in the right to. Those guys are in the right to be here, and 
I'll let the media and all the people do that, do that it, kind of stuff. But I haven't even thought about it when I've seen them. It does feel like, though, the yeah. PGA, not just players. Uh, I think most players have the same response you would have, Scott. But I feel like the PGA has even lightened the stance a little bit here in recent months. At least it's not nearly as loud as it was about the animosity that was there from the PGA towards the Live Tour. Do you sense the same, or is it all about the same as it was in the beginning? I honestly haven't even given it a thought. I talked to probably seven or eight live guys today. Um, and I d- never even thought about it. Just some guys I hadn't seen before. I got some buddies that caddy for some guys that I you know, grew up playing mini tours with and stuff like that, that talked to for quite a bit. And, you know, they're trying to do the same job. We are go out and prepare and have an opportunity to be there on Sunday. And, you know, what happens on the outside, they can, everyone else can deal with that stuff. I've told you before, last time you were on with us, with the, with the other Stallings, um, you're playing the best golf of your life, the consistent stretch you've been on. Uh, can't wait to follow it this week, man. And you're very cool to, to join us uh, on the Monday of the tournament as you're uh, preparing mentally and physically for it right now. So you're the man. And uh, tell uh, Scott Stallings 2.0 uh, and his wife, we said hello. at the. Uh, did he bring his wife? He did. Okay. He did. So I was going to say, did you bring I a friend or his wife? Time. Yeah, great. I met I, I met them last night. Awesome. Hey, tell the Netflix camera guy that's right behind you right now, too, that we said hello. Yeah. I saw him peeking in the shot earlier. <laughs> Probably didn't even know yeah. he was there, but tell, tell him we said hello. I appreciate it, man. I hope you guys have a great week and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for Scott. everything, man. Scott appreciate Stallings, uh, one of our favorite guests there, and that is awesome. Playing in his third Masters, and here we go. Now, Sometimes the weather can actually benefit certain players. I think it will him, too, with the rainy conditions. It's one of those, Hutton. We've been there, but you watch it, and you see you get close to those guys it's teeing cool. off. It's and a bucket it's list like, moment. It's not, it's not, and it's not just the venue. It's anytime you're in a really cool spot. You know, you go to a great rock concert or whatever, and you look up on stage, and you think, imagine being them. Yeah. I, I, when you see someone tee off at Augusta yeah. National, I think, now imagine being Scott Stallings. Or anyone else, when your name is announced and the butterflies in your stomach you must feel when you walk up there to tee off in front of that many people at Augusta National, it is, it is one of those detached moments that you think about and try to transport yourself to them, and it's hard to even fathom. And the reason That's I, why we love having Scott on to talk about and it. And I brought up the wardrobe question because every player has to think about Sunday. Because you have to go through your sponsorships and yeah. pick out what would pair well with the green jacket. That's, it's all mapped out. And I, I love the, the drama behind it, too. If you've never been to Augusta National for a practice round, that's, that's the time of the week to go. Go there first for a practice round, then take in one of the rounds of the tournament. Uh, because TV does not do it justice at all with that course. Chad, TV is made for the NCAA tournament, right? It is a, it, the tournament itself, the bracket, tailor-made for what CBS and, and Turner, and they do a great job with it. There is one thing um, that I think the perception will be off of the tournament we just watched that I'm siding with Dan Hurley on when we come back. That's next on Hot Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Glad you're with us. Six in the Peabody, our location. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow on the Outkick Network. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine on tap. Chad, Dan Hurley's right, and I jumped on this bandwagon the minute I saw the buys in the tournament and the matchups that we would have if we saw the NCAA expand the tournament to 90 teams. It had that been this year based on what the committee was telling us. He's saying that, hey, on tournament expansion, I, I think it's fine the way it is. I think it's a privilege to play in this tournament, not a right. He says the power conference teams... They game the numbers, and he doesn't like mid-majors getting squeezed out. I don't think expanding is a good idea. I think they're, the, the proponents for this, which includes this committee that Greg Sinke's a part of and that they're pushing to have 25% of participating teams in all sports make the postseason, clearly it's a money grab in this case. And... I think what will be pointed to from this specific tournament to their favor, at least they're going to try to twist it that way, are the teams that made deep runs in the tournament that you didn't really know about. It's not the traditional powerhouses. Oh, we can have more of these if we add more teams. It'll be great. The problem with that is, based on the models I've seen, those Cinderella stories are going to face off in the first round. We would see... Uh, fairly Dickinson against Mississippi State because the teams at the top of the bracket are going to get a first-round bye. And essentially, you'll have a lot of the first four matchups to play into the field of 64 for that opening round. I, if, if that's the case, it defeats the purpose of what they've built and what is perfect already. So Jim Laranega had the opposite stance on this. And, and he said, and I quote, the NCAA has 360 Division I teams and only 68 make the dance. The whole mission is to give the student-athlete a great experience. Well, there is no greater experience for a college basketball player than to compete in March Madness, and yet we only have 68 teams out of 363. That's 18%. Let's increase it. Let's go to 96. I mostly agree with what you're saying, Hutton. I think there is a way for them to justify a money grab by using math, right? Like th this is the way to logically say what they're really doing. We know what they're doing, right? It's more money for them to do it, but they can justify it by saying we've added so many teams to division one that the 68 is outdated. So that's only 18% of the entire classification. Let's up it to it's to make more money. We know that. Anyone with a brain knows that that's what they really want. But I do think they make some interesting points about the math of it. That you've added teams, so why not add teams to the tournament also? And that does make sense. Well, I'm typically one that thinks, well, I like playoff games. You know, So if you give me another playoff game, I'm typically not going to argue with it. In pro sports, I generally feel the same about the NCAA tournament. I just love this tournament so much that I'm opposed to the idea of changing the construct of it that we see every year with 68 teams. And it's going to take some getting used to with those earlier first-round games 
uh, to get from 90 down to 68. Well, but also, too, like the, the report that we referenced a while back. Well, 96. Yeah, 96. Uh, and I say a while back, a couple, a few weeks ago. The, the vast majority of the expansion would be from the Power Six conferences in college basketball. It wouldn't be from the quote-unquote mid-majors. So the one or two bid leagues, for the most part, stay the one or two bid leagues because you'd have the, the watered-down middle of all of the major conferences work their way into the tournament based on a conference tournament run, yeah. per se, right? Um, that was another argument I, I, for, for me that I bought into saying, yeah, we don't need the expansion if all we're going to see... I mean, Hurley's pointing to the mid-majors. Um, you know, they're, they're getting uh, the, the shaft here because the power schools, the power conferences are pushing numbers based on scheduling. Whatever you want to point to, fine. Um, but from the power chair, which is the power six that can schedule different things, and then the conference actually helps them, even if you lose sometimes. That's not the case for the teams that are winning 30 games a year and can't necessarily make their case for why they should be in the field of 68. Perfect case scenario to me. Expand it to 96. That's 28 more teams. You have to put in a stipulation that, let's say it's 18 and 10. 18 comes from mid to low major of those non-automatic qualifiers, those invited guests, and 10 come from power conferences. Whatever the breakout is, I'm saying you basically, you, you have to put in the rules of it. We're not just going to take every team from the bottom right. of the power conferences. It's going to be a smaller amount. Now, when you put 10 other teams from the power five in, you're getting a lot of the teams, right? Anyone who was under consideration would have made it this year. The entire Big 12 would have so, made it this year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you finish last in the conference. that, But that's why you have to shrink the number of power fives that's right. to get in. Chad, the WWE and the UFC, they're joining forces per reports. That's next. That's next.